And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. From the deserts to the sea to every country around the world, it is the Weighing In Podcast. Once again, weighing in number 71. Joshua, we have done 71 of these shows. It's amazing. You can catch us on YouTube, Google's podcast, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and a plethora of other podcasting platforms. And you can also, if you would like, take a look at that cool t-shirt. You can pick up one of these very cool t-shirts from ProWrestlingTees.com. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com, punch in, weighing in. You'll see a beautiful picture of both Josh Josh and I. You can figure out which one's the better picture. Hit that picture in any fashion you want, and it will pop up four different shirts that we have. This is the newest logo that we're wearing, and you can pick one of these up. We have our one-year anniversary. Put birthday in for a 20% discount with ProWrestlingTees.com. Joshua, how you doing, brother? I'm hitting a wall because we got to tell no, everyone no, the no, story. No, I'm hitting a wall. That, you have that right. I have that right. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I uh, I had I had to leave the airport. I left to Connecticut. Left to go to the airport at like four thirty in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. Got to the airport. Flight was at six. Jumped on the plane. Flew into Atlanta. Quick switch, like a thirty minute switchover, which was nice. And then a straight flight all the way back down to uh, San Jose, which is pretty impressive. So I enjoyed that. That was very nice. Um, got home, felt good, played with my dog a little bit. And then I realized fight started early. I was yeah. like, oh, crap, man. I got to go. I, so I came down to my gym and I had a couple people over here just watching the fights. And uh, I started, I honestly, I started falling asleep right around the second round, second, third round of the till fight. So, so you have no idea who won. No, no, I do. No, I, I, I actually, I woke, uh, I woke up for the fifth, but like the, the third and the fourth, I kind of it was in and out, in and out a little bit. I was trying to watch it. Um, God, what a week! I love the shirt. I love the shirt. Thank by you the very way, very much. Huh? I, I don't have one yet. You beat me I to it. it. You beat me I to it. I actually bought it. I'm not kidding either. Yeah. <laughs> the um, we offer we offer one in red and we offer one in blue because we had a bunch of requests for someone to say like hey because you know our intro like you just you guys have just heard is josh is in this corner and john's in this corner so we did the color scheme also so hence the blue corner red corner yes and if you guys like john Moore, you guys can buy the red shirt obviously of course you go with the red corner that's the <laughs> that's the a side come on you know oh that. no oh no <laughs> i want you guys to understand something okay um John's hung out with me now for about four days and look at this. The confidence has just grown so oh, much shit, four days around me and look at him. He's an egomaniac. Lack of, <laughs> lack of sleep is doing it for me, man. Yeah. You, you, you had your, you had your nice little thing with the, the plane ride. You oh, actually slept on that plane. Yeah, I know you, you did. You on the other hand. I did not. No, no. no I was stupid. You're crazy. I, dr- I drove up there. And then last night after the show, I just packed my stuff up. Jumped in the car at about eh, one o'clock, one thirty, and just started driving. Man, and finally got. I got here about three o'clock in the afternoon. I I stopped one time to uh, try to sleep. That's when I realized a very important thing: when you rent a car, make sure that that seat will lean all the way back, because oh. mine did not. <laughs> That's like, That's the I'm like, worst. Put, I'm trying to put it back. Oh, son of a bitch! This thing doesn't even go back. That oh, sucks. Well. So I've had a good uh 
eh, maybe three hours total sleep, but I'm good, baby. I, I watched all the fights and I did not fall asleep and I am ready to go. And someone out there will go and say, Josh, Josh, John and Josh, man, they're, they're drunk. Or they're, they're smoking <laughs> something or something. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. We're either high or we're drunk. Cause, that's it. No, we're just exhausted. That's yeah. Hello. <laughs> that's why we look like this. But there's um, been a lot of fights and it's been good. Oh, man. We were extremely busy all week with all the testing, all the oh. guidelines we had to follow. And it was crazy. I mean, we weren't allowed to go to any of the restaurants. If we did go, we could only get food to go. We had to eat in our rooms. We couldn't go anywhere there was nothing we could do inside the casino we couldn't gamble we couldn't we could barely walk around um we had to wear a mask everywhere we actually had covid compliance uh, officers walking around making sure that we were wearing Dude, they were a pain in the ass yeah but you know they were sneaking up behind no 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 they were a pain in the ass it's like all of a sudden i started actually when i drive when i was driving back my, my thing is my radar is out there i'm looking for cops everywhere because I, I speed dude i gotta start <laughs> putting the radar out for these COVID compliant officers that are there. <laughs> They're sneaking up on you, man. It's like, yeah. Hey, get away. You're bothering me. Yeah. They caught us. We were eating uh, and we stayed in this little, it, we were in the employee cafe, but they had an area where just Bellator employees and personnel could eat. And so we would sit in this area because it was the only place we could take our fucking mask off. So we would just stay there and sit there and talk. Well, one of the officers was in there eating at the same time. And he snuck up behind us and he's like, Hey, He's like, uh, you know, when you guys are not eating, you got to wear your mask. And we're like, you got to be kidding me. We thought, I thought, yeah, it was, I thought he was joking at first. Oh, so did I at first. I thought then it was I realized joke. he's not. And I go, I'm done. We're out. Oh, man, this is horrible. Uh, but you know what, though? Uh, I had a good time. I got to tell you, it was great to see everybody. Uh, I like the fact. I know. I know we're just bitching and moaning about the whole mask thing. But I sure. actually like the fact that we are taking it serious as far as in terms of how we did our testing. The 24-hour, it wasn't a full 24-hour quarantine only because our test results came back sooner. Booyah, thank God. Thank goodness, yeah. So I was going nuts. Man, have you ever watched the Alone show? No, well, you, we were talk, you were telling me about it the other day. Dude, the Alone show is, it, they take these survivalists and they put them out in Vancouver Island or Patagonia. They did one up in the Arctic Circle, up in the Yukon, and they put these get people out there. They can have like 10 supplies. And they all get like a tarp to start their shelter and they'll get like a fire starter if they're smart, you know, axe, something like that. But you're once you're out there, they give you a radio. And if you want to, as they say, tap out, you can hit the button and they'll come pick you up. And you're out. Is this like naked and afraid? No, no okay. naked stuff. You, yeah. But $500,000 to the winner. And, you know, I've always looked at it and I said, yeah, I do all right with that with, the, you know, some of the stuff. And I realized just in the stupid in quarantine stuff i, I couldn't i couldn't be there by myself for very long i'd go nuts man i gotta talk to people i i gotta sit there and converse and do stuff because the, when you're watching the show the one thing that will you'll get these people man they've got food they food supplies stocked up they've you know hunted moose or whatever and they've done all this stuff and they've got a great you know shelter and they're hitting the button saying i gotta see my wife and kids you know and i'm, yeah. and I'm thinking Oh man, that's weak. And now I don't feel like it's weak. They're right. I'll go nuts without you at least talking to someone. Yeah, I was. It's funny you're saying that. The first month, month and probably month and a week, you know, four or five weeks, I was okay with the quarantine. After we hit that period, though, I was like, okay, I got to get around people. And I never thought in a million years because I like one thing about fighting, you see guys with a, like a huge entourage, you know, and like 
I love DC or, you know, employee Mayweather, but they always have like a huge crew of people. Oh. I was never that guy. I had, you know, my close friends, my managers. That was it. I had maybe like three or four people that were always with me and that was it. You know, um, but I, I never thought I would ever hear these words come out of my mouth that I miss being around people. You know, yeah. it just it just was one of those like I hit the the five week mark and I started kind of breaking a little bit like I, if I don't work out at my gym or I don't go for runs if I don't go mountain biking and stuff excuse me if I don't go mountain biking and stuff or do things to get me outside and I live in the Bay Area so everyone's extre- they're very extreme and over the top if they see you walking around without a mask they're like where's your mask what are you doing you could be killing my grandmother. And so you, I'm not kidding you. You get, I, I kid you not. You get these comments walking through like Home Depot and, and other things. I'll be doing home projects and they're like, where's your mask? You know, you know, this is, you could be hurting someone's, your, your, the safety of other people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, man, out of control. Um, I'm like, by the way, you're not wearing it right. It's supposed to be above your nose, dumbass. <laughs> no, so, but anyways, um, yeah, I, it was kind of that breaking point. I think of that four to five week period was kind of the breaking point for me. Yeah, but but, but it was very good. It was really good to be back. And, and I want to say, man, they did a great job of setting up that fight area that we had. It was beautiful. It was awesome. What an awesome looking place. And then, you know, even all the fighters said it was yeah. so cool fighting in there because they made it really cool with the lighting and the way they did it. So yeah. it was really like, a fun, fun atmosphere. The big screens really made a, a it made it feel like a bigger venue. I don't know what it was. We had the drop down with the gray curtains. Then we had the lights that went up on it. We had a bunch of huge big screens that were there. And so it seemed like more of a confined area that they were fighting in. So it seemed more, what's the word I'm looking for? Intimate. Intimate. There you go. It was like more of like an intimate kind of situation. I don't know. I, I, I like the way it was all set up. Now, look, there's a lot of people. I was actually reading some of the Twitter comments uh, today. You know, uh, I want to say it was Luke. Luke Thomas came out. Somebody came out anyways and said like, hey, well, if you were to grade them, what would you give them? There was a lot of B's in there. It was like B minus, B plus. <laughs> but a lot, of the, a lot of the knock was the fight, like the fights. It was, hey, I thought the card would be more stacked. I mean, honestly, oh, let's... That- yeah, that 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 what came down is we had a pretty stacked card and there was there was like a three or there was another three fights on there that all got dropped. One was one from injury. And then I think, you know, one was from COVID and the other one, I think, was like Couple something else COVID. that came up. Yeah. So there was just like a promote. We're dealing with this right now and not just us. The UFC is dealing with it as well. You know, other shows are not even started yet. It's just a situation we're going to have to go through. I do know that after talking with, you know, the matchmakers and 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 Bellator officials and all that, like and what we're what we're gonna probably start doing is probably start booking twelve to fourteen fights and have the expectation that some of them may fall off, you know. And so you always have that full, you know, ten fight card or you know nine or ten to 12, 11 fight card available to you. Um, so everyone's like, oh man, I thought for sure you'd have a title fight of this. We it was planned. It was planned. There was for a Juan, title fight. Juan Archuleta and. And Patchy Bix, excuse me, we're supposed to be on the main, we're supposed to be the main event and wanted tested positive for COVID. So he's healthy. Everything's good. I know we're rescheduling that fight. That's gonna be a fucking great fight, man. That fight is going to be amazing. And to see the winner of that fight go on and to fight uh, Sergio, Sergio Pettis, Pettis should be a, it should be a good fight, man. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess we can, let's get into the fights. Let's talk about Bellator real quick. And uh, we've talked about Bellator all week. So let's, we'll talk about him one more time and. What do you think of the results of the fights? I mean, let's start. We'll start with the. What do you want to start with? Aaron Pico. Let's let's just go with the uh, 
main card, you got to look at what Aaron Pico did with Solo Hatley. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the thing that I look at with that is God bless Greg Jackson sometimes because he was able to get into that kid's head and make him realize you don't have to be a highlight real fighter every time. Yeah. You've just got to go out and fight smart, get wins. And as you say, winning solves all the problems. Yeah. Just keep winning and things will things will fall into place. And Aaron was in that position where he really was he was in over his head. I'm just gonna say it. He you know, said he it. was he was matched up over with people when he was not prepared for those people based upon his knowledge of the sport. And that's his fault. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta put the blame where it where it truly belongs because he wanted he wanted to be that guy that was stepping up, fighting those guys, and he was being pushed by certain people. You know that. I know that. Mm-hmm. But he's got to have enough in him to say no. And we talked to him about that, and he said, man, you know, if I could do it again, I would do things different. But now here, here's where I'm at, and from this point forward, I'm going to be a smart fighter. And then he went out there, and he was a smart fighter. He took zero damage, had a very nice performance against a guy who is a good athlete a good wrestler a strong and fast individual and he just showed that his wrestling was just above the level of solo hatley's right now took him down got the back gets the choke a beautiful performance by aaron pico puts him at five and three and this you know people talk all the time and i i I just want to put into perspective what you have here because he's five and three, people are counting him out saying, oh, he sucks. Oh, he'll never be good. He'll be great if he continues on this path. There have been people in the past, there's people right now in the present that have been champions with a record that is, you know, kind of similar. Rose Nama Yunus. You know, look, look at her record. I think she's, what, nine and four now off of her yeah, win think, against yeah, Andrade? I think so. All right. Nine and four. You know, that's. Not much different than what we have there. She's been a champion, and she is a champion challenger right now. She's the one, if you're looking at, that's going to fight Li Zhang. You know, there's people out there that have losses. You know, I, I go back to Carlos Newton was a guy that, you know, he was welterweight champion in the UFC. He started his career four and three, five and three, just like Aaron Pico. You know, so yeah. Aaron can do it. He just needs to continue on the path that he's on right now. So there's a couple of things that that I want. I'll start from the very beginning. Let's start from the beginning of his when he first signed. <laughs> Let's start from okay. the very beginning. For those of you guys that haven't, we I interviewed him a long time ago when he first had signed with Bellator and he was about to have his first fight. And I had interviewed him. I'd also had him on again, you know, talking with him as well. Um, you know, he probably took some of what I had said after some of his losses, you know, to heart. Um, I feel like maybe there'd be a little bit of some connections that him and I have had that are not there anymore. Um but he is, he is all the things that I've always thought he would be. But the thing is, is that he had to get out of his own way. And what you, what people need to understand is when you first nego- negotiate your contract at a young age of, you know, he wasn't even 18 yet, you know, basically when he had signed the contract. First signed. Yeah, he's first signed. Yeah. So, and then they waited for him to get done with his Olympic trials and all the things and those type of things for his Olympic run. Um, When that happened, when that happened, when they signed him, he wanted, they wanted a certain amount of money. They gave him a certain amount of money. And when that money came, like you're you're obligated to fight the level of guys that came with that money. And that was talked about. And so, like, look, if you're saying he's ready for this, 
Okay, and he thinks he's ready for that, and your coaches think he's ready for that, and your managers we'll give think, you that. and you we'll want, you but, and it goes with this amount of money. We'll give that to you. Now, I think he got screwed on his first fight because no one wanted to fight him. Like he couldn't get a fight from anyone. Nobody, I mean, uh, except for like a Patricky or because remember he fought at fifty five. Yeah. So Patricky didn't want to like these guys were like nah like well, I'm not I'm looking for title shots I'm not looking to fight a new guy. And so th those guys were like, yeah, you know, nobody else that was below them wanted to fight him. You know, they would have fought him. You know, Chandler would have fought him. Patrick would have fought him. They would have fought him. But they're like, ah, it's not really on my way to the to the goal. And the goal is to get to the title. That's a, that's sure. a setback if I was to lose, you know. And beating him doesn't do anything. It doesn't do a damn doesn't thing. Get, doesn't get beating an O and O guy. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Anyways, he got paid a certain amount of money to to fight. So that contract was coming to a close, and he had ended up being, I want to say, it was what, uh, three and two or something like that. I think at the time, when they renegotiated his new contract, and said, "Look, let's take some time. Let's get you sorted out. What do you want to do? Do you want to? You need to find a camp. You had switch managers." Yeah, uh, this is another thing that I think was a very positive thing is that when he had left, when he had left Bob Cook and the guys in and Zinc and management, he was looking around for a manager. And when he was looking around for a manager, Ali had hit me up and asked me, what do you think about this kid? I said, I, you don't need to listen to me, but I'm like, he's everything that we think he can be. There's no doubt. You need to get him to be him. You need to get him to be um he needed to get him to be an adult. At that time, his family was kind of helping him, guide him, and all these things. And so, I, and once I had told Ali that, that and wasn't not just help. me, that wasn't help. You know that. What's that? His family was helping guide him. It wasn't help. No, it wasn't. They were not guiding help. him in the wrong direction. In the wrong direction. Yeah. And 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 look, and and he and he he basically said like, look, all the responsibility goes on me. He knows that. There's no well, doubt about right. it. And that's, and that's right. he is right. And he, I can tell how much he's matured from the first time at the first time what 19, 20 years old, his dad, it's hard to have your parents and he's going to say it wasn't his family. And I, I get it. it. His family's not making the decisions for him, but they're guiding him in the direction that the decisions they want to be made. You know, um, those things being done, they don't help you. They, they put more pressure on you. And so when he went with Ali, I know that the conversation that was said with Ali was like, hey, I don't do family, man. I do you. You and I, if it's a business deal, it's like I come to you and you give me an answer like a man. And that's it. This is the deal. Like, I don't go and talk to dad and see what's going on. I don't go talk to brother. I don't go talk to girlfriend. I don't go talk to mom or uncles and aunts and grandpas. I don't do that. Okay. Now, doesn't mean I can't be friends with dad brother yeah, and everybody else i'll be you know, friendly to him exactly but i just I'm, don't do business with i them. don't do business with them i do business with you i manage you you're my you're my athlete and i take care of you so that happened and then he went to greg jackson's and greg jackson's is a fabulous place for him because he loves horseback riding and it's in albuquerque new mexico he bought a place there he's now fully committed all of these things now when he renegotiated his contract is a set not a setback but it's a step back to hey now we're paying you these figures, which means your opponents will be here versus what we were paying you here. Now your opponents needed to be here. There's a big difference on when you get paid more, you're expected to fight to that level of pay. That means that, hey, if I'm paying you this, you need to be fighting the Peter Queelys and the Patrikis and the Chandlers and Bensons and those guys. You need to be fighting those guys. If you're not, then we need to knock that pay down a little bit. And so... 
those adjustments were made. He's now in Albuquerque. And you saw right off the bat that he's utilizing his wrestling. I would have liked to have seen him set it up a little bit better. But I got to tell you, all he's got to do is get in. And his fuck his wrestling's next level. He, dude, he transitions from one yes. element to the next so well. You know, I, as soon as he's into you, he's going to take you down because you're start you're trying to stop one thing and he's already switched it up to another. And even if you can get yourself back on that, he's already gone to the yeah. next. You just can't stop. He's going to have a hard time, I think, a little bit. Um, I won't say he'll have a hard time with Juan Archuleta, but he'll have a hard time catching Juan. Like if he ever has to fight Juan, he'll have to like cut him off and find him. You know, if he ever decide if he ever gets to to fight Juan. It wants fight at 35, I know, for the title, but Juan does that 135, 145, jumps 155. Around. He jumps around. Uh, I'm just thinking in terms of guys that would give him a hard time. Darian Caldwell is right on top. It would give him a hard time just because of the athleticism. And, you know, and obviously Patricio, because Patricio's short, stocky, got dogs in his hands. I mean, just hits like a truck and super fast. And and since working with Henry Cejudo for so long, his takedown defense is fucking phenomenal now. And we saw that against Juan Archuleta. Juan was in deep on a bunch of takedowns and couldn't take him down. Pico is has all those things. But when he gets to that next level of where he is, and I'm 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 obviously talking to you about future. I'm not talking about sure. right now. Next term contract. Next term contract will be okay. I want to see you punching to your takedown. I want to see you getting them to, to retaliate, and then you dropping your hips and your level and then shooting. Those are things that I want to see. Right now, it was like. It wasn't even a punch. It was waited for him to kind of faint the jab. And then, okay, I got in deep because he's so good at his. He's basically so good at that first initial step. He snatched a single, drove him to the fence, switched to the, to, or went to the dump, then lifted and it was a nice, easy takedown. But the one thing, all those things said, I just said a whole mouthful. He all did. of those things said, though, John, the one thing that impressed me the most, his ground and pound. He got on top. And when he was able to hip in on Solo Hadley and he had no answer, when you make someone go turtle, he turned over and just gave him his back, and that was the end of it. I mean, like, that was just the end. The, the ground and pound was so hard and so vicious, and he hipped in to make sure he couldn't get up kicked. I was like, this kid's going to be dangerous. Anytime he gets you down and he starts putting hands on you like that, he's going to be dangerous. And I'm excited to see what his next step will be and how much better he gets between here and his next fight with Greg Jackson. Well, everyone thinks that ground and pound is just, oh, there's nothing to it. No, there is a ton of technique yeah. in how you position your body, when you posture, how you throw. All of that is, you know, it, it's a skill set unto itself. And you know, when it comes to the fight game, you know, we, 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 have, we have saying you don't know what you don't know until you finally know. Yeah. And now Aaron's in that position. He finally knows. You know, and so it's all starting over for him. I'm telling you, he, he continues to fight in the fashion that we saw last night. He's a future world champion. He's got all the intangibles. Doesn't mean that, you know, it's going to happen. But if he keeps on that path that he's on and you know he works hard, you know, he's got every uh, every opportunity to get to that point. Yeah. He what is he? Twenty two. 23. Uh, Twenty three now. I think. Yeah, I think he's 23 years old. Yeah, He's a little bit older than uh, Gallagher. By like a couple months. I think Gallagher's 22. He's 23. It would be 24 in September. Okay, so it'd be 24 in September. I mean, yeah, he's got plenty of time. There's I, that's what I never understood in the beginning. I was like, why are we rushing this? What and there was this like, okay, let's let's fight this guy. Let's fight. And no. 
let's take yeah, all let's, the let's e- not let's take all the easiest fights we can get <laughs> okay yeah. and let's 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 pull the the mexican boxing card let's get like 16 15 16 fights of a padded record get a lot of experience tomato can alley yeah let's just do <laughs> yeah. it man we got no reason to rush this and and so i think um yeah i think i think there was a lot of things that he did very well and i was excited for him i was glad that he got the win i love seeing the submission um finish and not just looking for the ground and pound knockout he did he did exactly what he knew he gotta remember we don't get paid by the minute we're in there he never put himself in a position where gave the opportunity for someone to hurt him you know yeah you can say when he got in but when he crushes the space you know when someone crushes that space it's hard to hurt them you know it's normally damaging blows come with a space yeah you got to create that space so you can generate the energy to make that blow that hard so even when he's coming in you know it could be that you know he gets hit with a knee that happened to him against adam borch and stuff but everything i saw last night perfect yeah walked out of there not a mark on him didn't get touched once that's what that's the way that you want your early fights in your career to go yeah good good stuff uh who is next JJ Next Wilson on the card, JJ Taiwan. Wilson against Taiwan Claxton. You did not like that fight. I did not like. No, I liked the fight. Yeah, I, I like. I, I didn't, like, I didn't the like the decision. Okay, tell me why. I thought Claxton won. I thought. I thought. Um, you thought JJ won the first round. That's because he did. Uh, I mean, apparently on the judges' card, that's really all that matters. I mean, it doesn't really matter what I think. Um, I just, yeah, I thought, I thought, uh, Claxton did enough to win the round. And I thought for sure Claxton won. Um, no doubt he won the second round. Yeah, and I thought for sure he won the second. And I thought the third, he was he was doing enough as in terms of he was getting JJ to throw, and then he would back out. He would he would back out, throw, and then he'd wait for JJ to throw, and he'd drop back down on the legs. So and, yeah, and in this, those exchanges, he was the, the one landing though. Yeah, this is the problem. This is what people need to look at when they're looking at scoring MMA. Mm-hmm. If you look at that fight, Taiwan is controlling he is pushing jj against the cage he's utilizing a superior wrestling game and he's controlling the position of the fight but controlling the position is only going to get you that win if there's no significant striking or submission attempts or anything like that (laughs) excuse me but in the third there was he ends up getting in a bad position jj jumps guard brings it up, goes for the triangle, and then gets it tight, starts landing elbows to the top of Taiwan's head, and all of that work right there. Even though Taiwan, this is why people don't understand, it doesn't matter that you won, we'll say, four minutes Hmm. of the round, barely, you know, because of control. Once someone opens up and gets you in a possible submission or starts lighting you up with those elbows to the top of your head, all that four minutes doesn't mean anything. That one minute of time is going to win the round, and that's why he won that third round. We can we can it's agree. tough. I get it. We can agree to disagree. I get it. <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. I actually do understand. I get what you're saying, and I, I can see why it goes that way. Um, well, the whole purpose and and the reason it goes that way, fighters need to understand. Fans need to understand. We had a time in MMA where wrestlers were coming in and kind of taking over by control. Yeah. And we took and made it to say, hey, 
Controlling is not part of fighting. We want you to fight. We want you to be going for finishes. Yeah. We want the person who tries to actually win the fight by landing strikes or going for submissions is the person that's winning the fight. And when you look at what occurred, especially in that third round, that's what you had. You had JJ going for a finish where you never had Taiwan going for yeah. that. He was controlling, winning more time, but it's not about the amount of time. It's the quality of time. Yeah, I'd have been pissed if that was me and I walked out of a cage like that having a little loss <laughs> like that. I was like, man. Uh, I just felt like he landed the cleaner, harder shots every time he broke and then went back to the clinch. I understand he, he was a lot controlling. of the fight. I think you're right. Yeah, you know, I'm like, he he was pressing against the fence. He'd break and then he'd land an elbow or a punch and then he'd go back into the double. That to me is landing clean, hard shots. I mean, I mean, realistically, he should have, I think he should have been trying to like either take him down, let him back up, or it's something to control more of that positioning versus just holding him there. But it's also up to JJ to get his ass off the fence, you know? So I look at it that way as well. No different than he someone did. who's down on the bottom. But, I mean... JJ did get himself off the fence. A couple times, he but he... He created that... Well, in the third well, he threw, round... He yeah, he threw himself up he into that triangle, He created that situation. Correct? Well, he threw, he's the one that created the situation. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. He's trying to create something to work towards the finish in the fight. It maybe it would maybe it didn't it wouldn't have worked for him and maybe if he didn't get that triangle and he didn't land those blows then Taiwan would have won that round. So yeah. it's a tough one, but it is. It is. Close it is. Fight. For me, it's a tough one to swallow a little bit. I look. I, I guess for me also too, I don't have any skin in the game, so I'm kind of like, eh. It's it just was one of those fights. I felt like Taiwan did enough damage on the feet. I know it wasn't a lot. It didn't seem like a lot. But the submission wasn't really all that close, but the elbows did hurt. There was effective striking from that position. The submission does look bad because you are looking for a finish. It's no different than like if you're in a, I don't know, a Kimura position, I guess, and the arm's bent a little bit or you don't have a grip, I guess, something along those lines. But yeah, he was he was doing his stuff. I mean, I don't know. We just we had a couple. Was a, there was a fight earlier, though, on the card, too, that we were like, what? There was another decision that we weren't too, we thought was a little a little weird. Was it the Ross Hilton? And no, 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 that was a legit no, decision. That was, that was right. That's the yeah. only other one. That, that, there was that. Le Levenger was a finish, and then the third one was. Um, some, there was a submission after. There was a submission before Pico, and there was a TKO before Pico. Mm, yeah, Maybe we missed it. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Anyways, yeah, I mean, look, I guess I understand where you're coming from. This is what you do, so I'm going to lean more towards what you're well, saying. But you know, you, you know, the the big thing is if you're Taiwan Clax. First off, he's got a great career in front of him, but he does need to learn from this situation in this fight because if you if you take this loss, you can sit there and say, I got ripped off. You yeah. didn't. Okay, you created the situation and allowed it to happen. You're winning, you're winning time, but you've got to start going for damage or the finish. You just got to think, man, I, I've got, I've got to make these judges believe that I am working towards finishing. And you saw when, when we saw Lemminger against Jake Smith, you saw the way he was going after the ground and pound. And I, and I was saying, this is what they're looking for. Yeah. This is, he is creating all of this damage based upon these ground and pound positions. He is working towards finishing the fight. Yeah. That's what's going to always go with the judges. Yeah, I saw Taiwan after the fight, uh, passing in the hall, and he, I said, "I said, hey, I, if it makes you feel any better, I had you win in the fight." 
And he's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm not going to dwell on it. He's like, but I got to finish fights, man. And when they, yep. they say that, he understands. Perfect. He's like, this is the fight game. And Perfect. he's like, I got to finish fights. I was like, he's yeah. a smart guy. Yeah, he is. Super he is. smart. It just sucks because I felt like he, this is probably one of the best I'd seen him look. I thought he looked actually really good. Yeah. But he got caught twice in situations in the first round, if you recall. Yep. You know. He got taken down, and he was mounted, and he took some big shots when he was down there. Yeah. All right? And so he's got to look for those things. And then that last round, when he's a little bit tired, man, sometimes you got to – this is those areas where you've got to say, man, I, I'm tired, and I got to go. Yeah. And you got to just lay it out there because if you're able to just jump up after the fight, and you didn't give everything that you had in there. And you got to do that because that could be the difference in you getting that win or them going with the other guy. True. So Next fight. Um, Jason Jackson and Jordan Main. <sighs> Best fight of the night. Told you it was going to be. Best fight of the night. I don't think Jordan has something in. I don't think Jordan's Jordan... got nothing to feel bad about. Yeah, man. nothing at all to feel bad about. Great uh, fight. Two years off. A lot of things have changed in two years. Like I said, I said on the broadcast, I said the calf kicks were pretty much non-existent two years ago. They've started exploding on the scene. Sure, people use them, but they don't use them to the extent of which they're using them now. Um, we saw a lot of them tonight also on the UFC. It changed the, the change the dynamic of the fights tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's been changing the dynamic of all the fights. Now, I also said on the broadcast uh, is that this is what's going to force fighters to learn how to fight left-handed and right-handed. They're going to have to learn how to switch stances. To make sure that they're well-rounded. This is mixed martial arts. You got to be able to fight everywhere. If you can't fight from both sides of your stance, you're going to be one of those fighters that's left behind. You got to take your base. If they can take your base away, yeah. you can't fight. You can't fight without a base, Josh. You know that. So if it's that they try to take that front leg away, well, then I got to switch my base into a different position. And if you're not able to do that with a, the the basic, you know, 50-50, you know, being just as good to either side, then someone can force you into making you a weaker fighter. Yeah, J Jordan, I think he had to get back on the track as far as the speed of a fight, the conditioning that which you need to be in shape for, um, understanding that, like, you have to prepare your body to get back into that type of shape. Sure, maybe he's been sparring. Sure, maybe he's been training. But you're not taking the full grunt, full brunt of the the kicks and the punches because you're you're sparring with 16 ounce gloves. You're probably wearing elbow pads. You're probably wearing leg guards, shin guards, whatever it is, knee pads. So every time you get kicked or punched, there's padding on padding. It's not the same as when you're getting kicked with <laughs> shin to shin. You know, no. I mean, there was you could see at the end of the second round, his dad was rubbing his elbow out. So I think he got he was blocking the kicks, and a couple of those kicks hit his elbow. You could tell that he was having a hard time flexing or making a fist with the right hand to throw it. There was a lot of things that I think um, I'm excited to see him fight again. I, one thing that concerned me is is this, is when I was thinking about it so much pretty much after the fight, though, I didn't really get to talk about it on during the broadcast, is that they didn't make any adjustments. Now, that's either a coaching thing or maybe there was something between rounds that they talked about and he just couldn't get it done. I know that his dad had told him after the first round, go out there, I want to take down, shoot. But he did one shot, and then after that, there was nothing. Like, we had talked about the best way for him to win that fight is if he was getting outstruck in, in range, he needed to crush the distance, press into the fence, make it a dirty, grimy fight. There was never a moment in there where he did that. They, I, very rarely did he yeah. press him to the fence. Very rarely did he try to do knees and elbows. 
you know, like anything, like there was no, you can tell that he's still stuck for in the two years ago MMA versus the now present MMA of body lock, foot sweeps, kicking the feet out, you know, hooking the leg and sagging how Damian Maya does. I mean, that half guard game, like the, the Lovato Jr., like that kind of game, he, he hasn't evolved to that game. That's two years that you missed out on training to evolve and see what other guys are doing. And, and it showed. So I hope that he gets either, I don't want to say brings in new coaches, but I hope that he starts looking and seeing what these other guys are doing. It's hard to be coached by your dad. And it's so, I, it's hard. so hard, man. I can't even imagine. I have friends that have been coached by their dads and it's just, oof. but I mean, for boxing mainly, but it's just, it's hard. It's hard to watch sometimes. I'm like, Ugh. I don't know how you do it. I, I tip my hat to him for doing it and putting up with it. I mean, I know uh, that I don't have a great relationship, but it's got to be hard. Oh, absolutely. But you, we, you really have to give credit where credit is due. And Jason Jackson oh, looked great. Come on. Absolutely. His last two fights, he, you know, when you talk about that takedown, Jordan got deep on, on that first takedown. I don't know, maybe yeah. it wasn't the first one, but he got deep on one of them. He was in on him. And you saw Jason Jackson sitting down getting his hips back, working his hands to the underhook to, to force it off. Everything he was doing, his his wrestling has gotten better. His takedown defense is damn good now. He is understanding how to control the distance because you saw Jordan trying to cut him off throughout a lot of that fight. Never was really able to do it. Yeah, Jason always took that angle back. He always took that as Jordan would come and cut him down he would take a step off, create that same angle that he had before, attack, move out. He really looked good. You know, I talked to him after the fights in, you know, in the hotel, and he says, man, he goes, I listened to you before. He goes, I had listened to you. Yeah. I said, what did I say? He goes, you told me, don't fight another man's fight. He goes, and I was going to stand and bang with him. I thought, don't fight another man's fight. <laughs> fight my fight. I said, well. That was the way to do it, man. You did great because he really did look good. He's he's gonna put himself right in position to, for a title shot somewhere like he keeps yeah. fighting the way he is. You cannot deny the guy, man, because he is able to compete against anyone. He's yeah. fast. He's got power in his hands. He's got good movement. He's got it all right now. He's 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 hitting his stride. Yeah, I think he showed a lot in the Ed Ruth loss, which a lot of people thought he won that fight. Yeah, I thought he won it. Yeah, there's that fight right there. And then, you know, uh, what's the Japanese guy's name he fought? Kudamoto. Kudamoto. He destroyed him, dismantled him on short, short notice fight. And then uh, comes out tonight and just looked absolutely amazing. And let's not forget, you guys, this guy works five jobs, has a, has kids, it's and he's awesome. like worried about his kids and worried about work. And he's, just, he's like, I never stop, man. I, I got to keep making money. I got to keep making In money. In the hot sun, I'm washing cars. <clears throat> I'm doing, I'm digging holes. Yeah. Dude, I love that. So, I mean, I mean, realistically, he's, I, I would imagine he's somebody that we're looking to sign and keep on long, long term. I mean, he's impressive to watch. He's getting better every single fight. And I love, I love just the fact that he's energetic, man. Like you, we, during our fighter meetings, he's so fun. He's yeah. so fun. He's just got so much to say. He's super positive. And he's like, man, I'm living it. I'm living this dream. I love this whole thing. I'm glad, I'm glad to see him, guys like him, you know, have that, be able to, have the first off, he has the work ethic. There's no doubt about that. But just to have, to be with the right team, he's with Henry Hooft. He's with all those guys over there. It's called, excuse me, it's called Sanford Health now, uh, Sanford MMA. You know, um, you know. So 
he's got a good group of guys there. Rockhold had released some video of the two of them sparring, and he was fucking walking Rockhold down, like just throwing bombs. They got in some big exchanges. Luke had hit him with a couple of good shots, and he just took it on the chin and just walked through him. I mean, this was pre-Luke, you know, also like you yeah. know, when Luke was still active and fighting a lot more. I mean, this was impressive. When Luke's a lot bigger than him. Not a little oh, yeah. bit, a lot bigger. A lot. And so to think what he can accomplish knowing that he's dealing with guys like him. I'm in, I'm excited to see what's next for him. Exactly where he can yeah, go. Yeah, where, I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think and off the top of my head who we have at 170 that would be really next for him. Him and Lima would be a fucking great fight. I don't know if he's ready for Lima right now. I don't, I don't know, think he I, is. But it would make for a very interesting fight. Daly. I think him and Paul Daly. Or who's the other kid, the one that is fighting next week? Hamasi. Sabah Hamasi. Sabah Hamasi. Yeah, that would be a great one. fight as well. So those two guys, I mean, I'd love to see those either one of those guys fight. I know that Daly and Hama, uh, Hamasi were supposed to fight on the March 13th card. They got canceled. They were the co-main, I think. I mean, he's got a teammate, you know, that he could fight too, but I don't think that'll happen. But, you know, Logan Storley yeah. works out with him, and uh, that's a matchup that somewhere along the way might happen with yeah. Storley being undefeated, but. I mean, let, let's 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 play matchmaker a little bit for Bellator right now. I really like the Logan Storley, and you. I think you brought this up was Neiman Gracie. Yep, Neiman Gracie and Logan Storley makes for a good fight. I think that's a great match. I'd like to see Ed Ruth and Logan Storley. Yep, that's another fight. Um, the, I I do know that there was another fight that I wanted to talk about that I wanted to see was uh, I mean Fitch is saying he's fighting again. What if we put Fitch against? Neiman Grace here. We put Fitch against Amasov, or we put Fitch because Fitch had had a draw with Roy McDonald in the tournament. Basically said, "I'm retired now after all of this" because he bought, he thought he believed he was the real champ. So he like pretty much said he retired, and then uh, then he realized it's really expensive to live in the Bay Area. And he's like, "Fuck it, he might somebody go fight again." So <laughs> you know, uh, but him and Amasov would be a good fight. Him and Lo him and uh, him and Logan Story would be a good fight. I like to see that fight also. You know, Fitch, Fitch and Amasov. Fitch and Amasov. Fitch and you Neiman. obviously don't like Fitch anymore. No, I just like if, look, if you're <laughs> if you're gonna if you just had a draw with Rory, I, I can't we can't give you somebody that's not up there in that upper echelon. I mean, like you got to go Ed, have him fight Ed Ruth. You got to have him fight. There was a chance they were gonna fight in the tournament. Had he beat Rory, he would have ended up fighting him. I think. It well, was I, I I could see if you're talking Fitch Fitch against Daly would be good. There he fought again. I know, but it would be good again because. Daly says he wanted that fight back. So, yeah. But you're also talking about if um, Jason Jackson against Fitch would be good. That'd be, a, be, yeah. be, yeah, be it's a good matchup. Tough, tough fight. I was thinking more in terms of like a Neiman Gracie, another guy who can wrestle, Ed Ruth, Logan Storley, those three, those two guys, Amosov, guys that have stand-up but a little bit of wrestling. I, the Neiman one really interests me because of the jiu-jitsu aspect of it all. And Fitch, I think yeah. he's only been submitted one time. That was by Berkman. In um yeah WSOF yeah yeah the world the old world series of fighting yeah so anyways good shit I mean you know that fight would that that those I'm just playing we're playing matchmaker real quick but that's just those are fights I, like I'd like to see I like that too yeah it's good. okay who was the next fight the main event. come on oh. main event Sergio okay. and Bandeja that's right so what do you think happened it went exactly like I said yeah I th I think that. The counterfighting of Sergio, his counters, and when his ability to control the distance of yeah. the fight. 
Ricky had to control it if he was going to do well, and he wasn't able to control that distance. It was actually Sergio controlling the distance. He was the one that was the initiator, and when Ricky would try to respond, here would come the counters, and he was getting hit by those counters. And that's yeah. even though he fought well, look, Ricky Bandejas fought well. He when he when he's when he loses, except for Patchy Mix, you know he's not losing by much. Yeah, it's little tiny things that are the difference in the fight. So he's only got little things to work on to get that just over the hump. Yeah, here's the thing with him. For a guy who he's still really young and still doesn't have, you can tell that he needs to grow a lot in the MMA world, which I think he's going to grow a lot at ATT. He's got so much more to learn. He's got, like, he keeps his chin really high. He doesn't really slip punches. Like, he's so, he's so green, but he's so game. At this fight, though, Pettis was so calm and just walked him down slowly. He got beat by a better technician. Yeah. And that's exactly what the problem was. There was, Pettis was the better technician, but then on top of it, there was not an adjustment done by Pedejas after the second and third round. Like there was no adjustment. He just kept doing what he was doing and it wasn't working. How well, about if you if you listen to his coach, listen to, to Mo Lal. Mo Lawal was trying to get him to change. He was telling him, Hey, I need you to change this up. And then he was going back out and he was being sucked back into that yeah. same fight. So and that's part that right there is part of, you know, that's fight IQ. You have got to when when you're told something, you got to figure out a way to make that that implementation yeah. happen. You know? Yep. Sometimes you're just not feeling it, though. I've been told, I've yeah. been yelled at a bunch of times, like, "Hey, I felt like he should have." After he had had such success with the easy, like, wasn't say it was easy, but he he had got that takedown pretty easily against Pettis at the end of the first. I was yeah. like, if I'm getting the takedown, right back, should have went it. right back to that. You don't need to control too much on the ground, but just try to hold him down, try to tick away some minutes, and maybe Speed Pettis, yeah, and- maybe Pettis will open something up and you can get a Shot. good position, whatever it is. But it just uh, he had big scoop, big body lock, lift and slam and everything, right to side control. I was like, oh, this is good. You're you're on track for something good, but. Yeah, he uh he never went back to the well after that. He tried shooting from far away. There was never any setup. You got to punch to the clinch, get to the body lock, press him to the fence, knees, elbows, things like that to soften him up, get him thinking of something else. He just didn't do it. He has to make adjustments between rounds if you're going to stay relevant throughout the fight. And he didn't do that. He didn't make those adjustments. And yeah, I didn't hear Mo say that. I couldn't hear. I don't know. You heard better than I did. Maybe it's my call far. But it was, I couldn't, I couldn't hear what the corners were saying every time we it's tuned into sometimes. the corners. Yeah. So, um, but overall, I had, I had seen someone just to make a comment here. Someone had said, uh, oh, the Bandejas and, and Pettis, that, that wouldn't even be a, uh, main card fight on the UFC. That would be in the prelims. I'm like, really? I can recall doing Sergio Pettis as the main event in the UFC. So people, mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. yeah, I think it's quit great. being quit being a douchebag for no reason. Yeah. Okay. They're good fights, just like the UFC has good fights. Yeah. I mean, I gotta say though, the, um, this card it had the potential to be really good, and there was the Jason Jackson and Jordan Mayan fight was the best fight on the card for sure, hands down. Yeah. Uh, but Don, I'm not trying to discredit the other guys that fought. You know, Claxton and JJ Will uh, Wilson was a great, a, good fight. a great fight as well. Very technical. It was a very uh, strategic and game plan style fight. Um, and then also with the Pettis and Bandejas fight, just Pen- Bandejas couldn't make the adjustments. 
And then once Ricky couldn't make the adjustments, you just saw Pettis just walking him down. Why, why put yourself out there and take a chance when you know that if you mess up, you can get knocked out and you've seen Ricky do it. He did it with Gallagher. Uh, he did it with, uh, what was his name? Not Kudamoto. Um, oh, God, he did was, it with Ahmed. Yeah. So he's, he's done it with a couple other guys. And then, yeah, he's just, he, he's someone with uh, Malambo. So he did it with Malambo. He was losing that fight as well. And, was able to pull it off, got the knockout. Like he's got power in his hands, and we've seen it. Yeah, he does. For and 135 so, pounds, he's got some pop. With title implications on the line for this fight, Pettis is like, "Why well, take the chance, man? I'm winning this fight. I'm walking him down. I'm touching him, touching him, throwing stuff at him. If I get him, not if I knock him out, cool. If I don't, I'm up on the cards. You know, he's like, I'm doing everything I want to do. So there was no reason for him to really surge and try and you know get the finish if he didn't need to. Would have been nice yep. if he, you know, if he would have tried a little bit harder. But <laughs> that's from a that's a fan point of view that I just spoke. But uh, but I understand what he did. He's he's right there in line for a title shot now. He won every round. Well, you can't ask any more of him. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, yeah. good card. I mean, like I thought it was. I thought it was a good card. I, like I said, in the before we started this conversation, is that we could have came out with a, a a better card. I think not a better card, a more stacked card. But I think honestly, there was only was there only seven fights some three fights three fights fell off we're trying to get on track like every, i think the whole concern for this was how are we going to manual or how are we going to uh regulate manage. yeah how are we going to manage all of these fighters just not just the fighters but also the production team the lighting the the bellator team like everybody for testing masks hotel quarantines well, there was so much that went into it i what i think what people need to realize when you're saying you know oh we how are we going to manage this because Bellator as a company, it's not just managing it to their their comfort zone or their standard. They had to do it always going to Viacom, mm -hmm. Viacom CBS, who owns Bellator and is the one putting the fights on it. They've got to get all that past them, and they had some high standards for some yeah. stuff. So, you know, it wasn't like, oh, the UFC had, you know, that's it, that's a different platform, and as far as who owns them, really they don't say it have any say. They just let them do what they're going to do with it. Yeah. And that's great, but there was a lot for the Bellator staff to go through, and they did a great job going through it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they had to jump through a lot of hoops, and uh, but it's good. I think, like I said, we're going to be there every other week doing shows next week show box uh showtime boxing will be on showtime and box we will come the week after and then showtime boxing will go the week after that and we'll just keep doing that revolving door until next then. one benson henderson against chandler what's gonna happen talk to me Gosh, quick give I me a prediction ben to start off fast if ben starts off fast i think oh, yeah, ben's okay. i think ben wins if ben starts okay. off fast ben wins but We've said Ben needs to start it off fast his whole damn career and he's never done it. Tell me about it, man. You know, and he always says I'm working on it. I know. Never does. Well, he's been working on it that long. Maybe it'll finally come through. I don't think yeah. so. I would I want to see I'd like to see Ben win. But Okay. Chandler's got a lot to uh got a lot riding on it. You know, he's at the end of his contract. He's gonna he's gonna go and shop shop around and see what he's worth everywhere and stuff. So he needs a win in this fight. That is going to make a big difference in his next contract. Yeah. Wherever, wherever it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll yep. see what happens. I mean, it, it, he's got to have a good performance. And uh, I think Ben has ways of making people look bad. You know, making people, you know, not perform to their ability. I think if Ben, and, and here's the other thing. 
you put that much pressure on yourself, you have your contract negotiations coming up, you're on your last fight, you, what are you thinking about? Are you one foot out? Are you one foot in? You know, what, what are you planning on staying? If you're planning on staying, there's not as much pressure. But no. if you're planning on going, if you're planning on like really shop, there's a lot more pressure. So, you know, and then now if you got Benson coming out there, pushing the pace right away, that adrenaline dump is real. And we've seen Chandler have an adrenaline dump several times in a lot of his fights because he comes out so hard, so fast in the first round. And I think Ben's been, he's been almost his whole career been okay with losing the first round. But he's got to go ahead and push the pace to make Chandler exert all the energy to the point where he can go ahead and walk away at the second and third round. Because we saw in their first fight that Chandler came out really hard in the first round. And and the halfway through the second round, he started gassing. And then Ben started winning three, four, and then or started look, feeling like he was winning three and four. I had him winning the fight. It was close. But I had, ben, close I had Benson winning the fight. Um. But it's because Chandler had slowed down so much from the first two rounds. Well, Michael won the first part of that fight easy, and yeah. Benson won the last part. Yeah. It was a good fight. It's sad that it's not going to be five rounds. Yeah, it really is, because I'd love to see that as a five-round fight. Yeah. But Now, let's talk about tonight. Let's UFC, go. what did you think? Um, I think you were... I think you Lots were, of fights on the main card. It was huge. The prelims Ooh. were ridiculous. There was like 14 or something. <laughs> Some ridiculous Man. amount of fights. Will you pull? Can you pull up the card, though? Who was the very first fight on the prelims? It was Wood and somebody else. On the prelims? Yes. Uh, on the prelims you want to go to? Yeah, okay. I just want to say this real quick. I Cast, want to say right. Castaneda. It was Wood and Castaneda. And who was the next fight on there? Uh, Imeve and Stolz. Those two fights should have been on the main card. They were fucking really <laughs> good. They were yeah. really good. I was very impressed with Wood. Castaneda was very good also. He just slowed down in the second round. But I gotta just tell you, it that was a, I, we don't need to talk about. It. I'm just simply saying, like those those two fights and those guys that fought on those, they were absolutely, they were amazing. I thought they were Fantastic. great fights. Yeah. They fought great fights. They fought at a good pace, good technicians, and I love seeing the mix up of how they how they fought. Great job. The prelims I thought were, um, I guess for me the prelims I think on this on this card were better than the main card. I mean, don't get me wrong. The name value was on there, all those things. But I really enjoyed yeah. the first th three, almost three or four fights. Who was the next two fights after that? Um, so you had uh, Stolz, and then you had Kianzad versus Koya. Uh -huh. Koya. And that was you, good. You had uh, Bo that was really good when Bech Koya decided to stop fighting. Oh my god! The sound of the clapper. <laughs> oh, shake my head. That was a mistake. Yeah, it, the, here's my thing with her is I feel like she slowed down a lot. Like her a speed lot. is not a there, lot. and she was getting touched a lot. She's she's got heavy, thick legs. Why doesn't she kick more? She kicked a couple times, and you saw the girl. What's her girl? She fought Stoles. Um, she fought uh, Kianzad. Yeah. And what's her pa uh, Pani Kianzad? Okay, Kianzad. Okay, yeah. so so she fought. So he she fought her. She, that girl was really good, by the way. But she started slowing down, taking bigger shots in the third round. Betts just keeps going back to the same thing, trying to go to the body and then come to the head. Tries to box, tries to throw a big overhand right. But she had slowed down so much that she's only able to throw one punch. And her opponent's throwing like twos and threes and touching her. Boom, boom, boom. I thought I thought it was a really good fight, though. I, I, was, I was intrigued the first round. The other girl definitely, I think, felt like dominated. Uh, in the second and third, the other girl ran away with it. So... Good fight. It was it was good back and forth, but they were bloody mess at the end of it all. Um, I before we get into all of this, I wanted to talk one thing. Yeah, there was two calls. 
by Herb Dean. Let's just get yeah. this out of the way before we before we get into I, the card. I did not see the first one. The first one, it wasn't bad. I didn't this, see the first one. Okay. I saw the second one with um, uh, Trinaldo. Yes. Yeah. What'd you think? Wasn't as bad as what Dan Hardy made it out to be. And, and this is why. Okay. Where where did and what's what's his name again? Her. Uh, who's the guy's name? The uh, opponent. Uh, which fight are we talking about? Trinaldo. Trinaldo. Trinaldo versus uh, um, Jai Herbert. Herbert. Like he was good. Jai. Yeah. Oh, he's really good. Very yeah. talented. Good movement. Nice, smooth uh, stand-up fighter. And he did well in the clinches and stuff. He was yeah. fighting really well. Yeah. But Jai gets hit. And the shot that hits him goes off basically, uh, you know, the top, top of his, his forehead, top of his head, and you see him stumble back and we call fall that the way stoned. he did. Yep. It's like he got hit in the head with a hammer. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as the referee, it's it's one of those, it's an oddity knock, knocked down. It's not your norm. Yeah. But when he falls, how did he fall? He fell going backwards. Yep. And was he still there? No. Doesn't look like it. But when Herb sees him, he comes around, he sees him fall down like this, and he sees him with his hands in a position that Herb is looking and saying he can defend himself. And Trinaldo stopped. Yeah. Now Trinaldo stopped because he is a competitor, a sportsman, and felt like he's out. Yeah. I shouldn't have to hit him again. But he has to continue on. So the the fact that Trinaldo didn't immediately go after him makes it now where Herb really can't stop it in a way because he's saying He's in a way to defend himself. Yeah. Now, could you know? Could he have stopped? It? He could have, but there would have been people complaining about him stopping it. There would have been people saying, "Oh, you didn't give him the opportunity to def- you know to try to work his way out of it." So you're in that you can't win. You know the fact that Dan Hardy is friends with Jai and likes him and watches him fight in England. He got all upset because his guy took extra shots and okay. But if Dan Hardy was the guy that got hit and went down and someone stopped it, he'd be, a, he'd be standing up like Dominic Cruz. You, you stopped it too soon. You can't win. I don't know. I think in this situation, just from my perspective, what I saw okay. is that when Trinaldo ran up to him, uh-huh. that what's his name? Jai. Yep. He yeah, didn't, Jai. he didn't, his hands were already frozen in a position that made it look like defensive. But there was no movement. He didn't turn to look at Trinaldo to be like, oh, let's start moving in defense. There was no movement. His legs were still out. When you're defending yourself, you bring your knees almost up to your chest. You're trying to you're trying to cover things. He didn't do any of that. And he didn't even turn to face. And when someone's running at you, you turn to like, oh, shit, I got to cover myself. Yeah. He didn't move. And I, that's what I was waiting I, for. I would have liked to have seen Herb stop it, but yeah. I understand why he didn't. I get He's what you're trying okay. to give him that extra little bit. Okay. It would have been great if he did stop it. I would, you know, if someone says, Oh, you, this is where I said, someone's going to say, Oh, you didn't give him the chance. It's like, shut up. Okay. He was hurt and Herb could have stopped it. He didn't. And the reason he didn't is because he's saying, Oh, I'm looking at it. Like you're in a position to possibly defend yourself and he's not attacking you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wait this out. And you can watch and go back into many fights and you'll see Herb utilize that same mentality of officiating and technique of saying, I'm going to let this yeah. play out more before I stop it. And that's, you know, 
that's his style of doing it and he's done it for a long time i i can i can get on board with that but what i can't get on board with was when he fell back and he hit you could you and i have talked about this the look on a fighter's face and the eyes glazed over should be enough to say okay that's it and that's kind of what i saw from the tv i would imagine it would have been more clear for him to see it as the ref because he came from the right side he, sometimes it is and sometimes, sometimes it it's is. not yeah i guess but i mean i looked right at when i was watching him fall and they showed the replay of it he still had that glazed look herb went around the same way he was looking trinaldo came from the left side and he never turned to face trinaldo and his eyes were still faced that way that lets me know you're not in the fight and then he took three more shots there was one more shot, a clean shot, which is what he landed. That first one should have been enough for Herb to jump in. He took two more after that. I think that's more or less what Dan was complaining about. But like you said, though, look, it's no different than when you're it's your friend or someone, you know, it's a lot harder to watch. It's like, hell hey, yes, it is. You know, so it, it really that's what it really what it, I think it came down to for Dan. Yeah. I mean, in, in just look at it. Was it the, was it the best stoppage? No. You could it have been better? Sure. And that's what, you know, you need to look at. And if you're Herb, you look and you go, all right, maybe I need to adjust my my mechanics in this time as far as what I'm looking at. Is it the worst stoppage? No, not even close. So it's up there, though. Damn, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not even close. Uh, no, it, it was it wasn't bad, but I understand why Dan was upset. But I also I also like the fact that I can get behind Herb giving the guys a chance to, hey, you're still in this fight. Because there have been times where guys have gotten hit and they wake up and they start moving around. So I I understand that. But I was concerned. I was more concerned of the fact that he fell straight back, never tried to put his elbows down or his hands down. He just fell straight back to his back. His face was looking one direction with the glazed look over his face. Trinaldo came up from the other side and you could see someone out of the peripheral being there. He never turned to face him. Nothing. That's the thing that scared me the most. See, I told you I'd make a good ref. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is easy. I got it down. Got no, it. I have no so de- simple. No desire. Um, <laughs> all right. That's all. I wanted to talk to you about that for sure. No, it's, you know, it, it's there. And for Dan to start yelling about it, it's not your place right now. Yeah. You're you're a commentator. If you like that guy, that's great. You can go talk to Herb about it later. Don't don't start screaming about it right there. You're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not going to do you any good. And you could, you know, Paul Felder was actually doing the right thing. Saying, hey, Dan, Dan, Dan. Yeah. You know, and he's he's trying to pull him back. He just he got emotional over something. Yeah, it's okay. But I will say we had this conversation the other day. Um, Dan's a very good commentator. He is. I told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Damn is well, I haven't heard him commentate in a long time. And he's yeah. gotten, I feel like he's gotten way better since the last time I heard him. Um, yeah, he's good. I yeah, really, I would, really enjoyed listening to him tonight. The only thing wrong with what he does, fair play. <laughs> he brings in all the, the English oh. slang words. That's what cracks yeah. me up. <laughs> no, it's, it's not bad. He's an outstanding yes. commentator. He really, he really does a good job. Yeah, I, I like him and Felder together. They kind of both they, they feed they they, they feed help, off each other feed very off well. Each other very well. Very good yeah, job tonight I by agree. both those guys. Um, I kind of missed Anik a little bit. I don't know who the other guy was. Dude, not I can't that he was take bad. You, the, John Gooden. He's yeah. not bad. It's just there comes a point. I don't know how to say it. I've got Dan Hardy who's got an English accent. <laughs> I've got I got John Gooden who's got a very English accent, wearing yeah. his bow tie, which is very stylish, and it's like. 
it's not I, I just don't I don't know why you have a guy like John Annick sitting at home when he should be there doing that fight. Yeah. This I mean, the way I look at probably got to give these guys breaks though. I mean, yeah. away from family yeah. and stuff like you that. You got to get go back to family. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're blessed point. enough to go every John other week. John Gooden, you did a great job. No, I thought he did. I thought he did a wonderful job. I no, just, he did. He does a good job. My thought he process. Wor- he was, works with Dan Hardy all the time. And my pro- my thought process was the same as you just said. You have Dan. You've got this guy. Both accents. And I was like, there was moments I'm like, which one's which? And who's saying what? <laughs> I, I was like, Dan, that sounded stupid. That's not Dan. What am I talking? That's not like, Dan. Yeah, that's, that's not Dan. No wonder it doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh shit! But I actually thought tonight, um, their last couple shows. I mean, it was Bisbeing and Felder or Bisbeing and some, there was someone else, I think, in that mix. But anyways, but I thought tonight uh, Dan Hardy did a great job with Paul Felder. The two of them play off each other very well. They didn't step on each other's dicks at all, really, a whole lot. Like in some of the previous fights that they've had, they've been stepping on each other a little bit. But that has to do with the social distancing, like we found out. Is yeah. you're six feet away. Normally, when we're sitting next to each other, I tap you when I'm going to talk. So when you're done, I'm going to go next. And I yeah. tap you and say, hey, I'm next, you know? Um, but when you're six feet away, you're not, I'm not looking at you. I'm watching the fight on the monitor. I'm watching the fight in the cage and I, I don't see you cause you're six feet away. So you don't know when we're going to talk, but I thought they did a wonderful job though. Tip my hat to them. Good job, fellas. Um, what other Carla Sparza against Rodriguez? What'd you think? I was actually, you know, it's just the difference in styles. I thought that, um, I actually gave the first round, I think to, uh, Rodriguez. I had Rodriguez winning that. Even though Carla took her down, I thought Rodriguez from the bottom hit her with some big elbows. Yeah, cut her. And did damage to her. And it wasn't so much the cut. It was how hard the elbows were and how many. And what Carla was doing in response, she wasn't landing very many shots. Yeah. So, yeah, she got the takedown, but she got kind of beat up. So I gave Rodriguez the first round of that. And then I thought Carla came back and her ground game and her ground and pound became a lot better as far as she was landing more shots, more volume, mm-hmm. nothing that really hurt Rodriguez, but there was the volume along with it. And that was the difference in that fight. A lot of, a lot of people look at Carla's eye and they go, how can someone that looks like that win the fight compared to someone that doesn't? And you look and you go, it happened in the first round. She lost that round. Yeah. Dan Henderson yeah. and Bisbee. Yep. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I understand oh, yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Um, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Like, I thought Carla did. Uh, I thought she lost the first round. Also, I thought it was close. Okay. But I thought it she was lost, close. Yeah, but thought, she lost it. I thought she lost the first round. And I thought she won the next two. Yep. So, um, it was close. I think the wrestling. She had some good scrambles in the wrestling too. She got the takedown when she got it. What's her name? Uh, her opponent flipped her through, and when she flipped her through, oh, yeah. she spun around. Nice, yeah, nice she, job of switching her hips over. Yeah, she coming ran, out on top. Really she nice. Ran her hips around, kept the legs. Yep. I thought it was like, wow, that was impressive. Nice top position. Uh, she, you know, her opponent threatened the, the submission a couple of times, but she was able to wiggle back in and, and do some more damage. But uh, what I liked what she said, though, afterwards is that she's like, look, she has some hard elbows from the bottom. Just, <laughs> just hard. And they, when you're, when you're, when Carla's giving you or when anybody's giving someone, their opponent some credit after the fight, that lets you know that those affected them during the fight. Oh, yes. Majority of the time we'll be like, nah, that didn't hurt me. Nah, it was nothing really that bad. I I wasn't hurt. Yeah. So that (laughs) lets you know that that shit hurt. (laughs) It's like, I tell you what, when when they're introducing Carla as far as, and you know, no disrespect, I love Carla. She's a great person, but she looks like she's going to her execution every time. She 
I, every time, every time. And she's got that look like, this is it. Yeah. I'm done. They're ending it right here. And you just look and you go, why do you hate this that yeah. much? But she, and then she goes out and fights and she fights hard. So it's just something about her personality, man. She's got, it looks like this is the worst moment of her life before that fight started. I would like to see, I agree with you. <laughs> it's so funny. She just stands there, her hand, like just almost like. Arms down, got this. Yeah. No. It's a very, it's almost like a blank. very, it's almost Musashi and Fedor kind of ish. Just like, <laughs> why the fuck am I here? You know, like they don't, it's almost like they don't want to be there. I would love to see her fix her stand up just a little bit, have a little bit more confidence in it. I don't know, something. I think if she, because she, what she does is she kind of like circles and stays away a lot to the point where people overcommit to hit her and that's how she gets her takedowns. Yeah. If she threw a little bit more, the takedowns would come a little easier because she's already in that pocket. I just would like to see her throw a little bit more. I really think her, her stand up has gotten so much better. It has. It's just that against someone like Rodriguez, yeah, I don't expect her to to, to try to play that game. That's I the whole thing you play in another person's game. Yeah. So I, I didn't have a problem with it. I think she has improved in leaps and bounds in her stand-up. Because it, before it was bad. And yeah. it's gotten where it's very serviceable. It gets her into good positions at times. And, and she she's dynamite when it comes to the takedowns. You know, she explodes into people and she definitely gets people off of their feet. So. But that was a that was a good big win for her. I think was that four in a row now. I think so. Yeah. Four in a row. Yeah. She, yeah, she beat good. Cynthia Cynthia Cavallo, Cavallo, right? Yep. Well, and then th then she lost to, and then she won four in a row after that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um. Yeah she she's uh she's come she's kind of working her way right back to that title shot. Verdum and Gustafsson. Oof. 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 This is where you take a look and you go. See, big guy jujitsu. <laughs> it is. It's big guy yeah. jujitsu. Look, it's that done move, differently. That moves like a lightweight, though. Yep. And was never ever overcommitted. Got the position. Had knew he had the arm, and then just slowly works his leg into position to have the head to where Gustafsson's not going to be able to get his head free. And just turns him over. You see him. Ah, let me give you a hammer fist. Let me work that arm this way. Beautiful job by Fabricio because he got hit with some big shots. You know when he was going for the takedown. Yeah, a couple of those hammer fists and elbows. He got hit good. Yeah. What happened with Gusto is he, what his mistake was is when Fabricio was on the leg, he mm -hmm. decided to try and jump over him to run away, and and Fabricio just kept the leg. And just chased up, ran him down. Yeah, ran him down. Yeah. And when you do that, you need to. He he was already on the sprawl position, and he went to stand up. And when he went to stand up, he went to run over him, like jump over him to get away. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like keep in the sprawl position. He's gonna let go of. He's gonna let go of the leg when he starts to try to pull you into guard, and just back out, hands on the hips, and back out. It ah, just was. It was kind of one of those frustrating moments. Like I'm like, I just knew it so early in the fight, being as dry as he was. I'm like, you ain't getting away. <laughs> there ain't no way. That was exactly. I was like, man, you are you are dry, and that is a bad person to be dry. He was with. almost Verdun was almost a three to one underdog. I know. I I was I was baffled by that. To be honest, I mean, like you have a guy going up to heavyweight for the first time, not sure how he's going to carry the weight. I think a lot of people were looking that, you know, the UFC 
knows that Verdum, that's the last fight on his contract. And he's another guy that has said, I'm going to go and see what my value is in other places. And they brought in uh, Gustafsson as the heavyweight. And they were were expecting him to win. They were expecting him to keep it on his feet and pick Fabricio apart on the feet and get a win. And just didn't happen. Well, I got to tell you, I was expecting Fabricio to look like shit like he did his last fight. He didn't look good in his last fight no. against Alexi. No, he looked bad. He looked bad. He looked like, bad. Where, where was that guy? I mean, this I fight, this fight, he looked trimmed up. He looked ready to fight. The last fight, he looked like flabby. Uh, you know, you there was a ton of comments about you know, like oh, just falling off the train, just doesn't care anymore, whatever it is. But man, he looked good tonight. I thought. I mean, yeah. I know there wasn't a lot to the fight, but I mean, and once it hits the ground, you can. He's just a different level, of, I think, than any other heavyweight that, that's out there. If not, if not, <clears throat> just any other heavyweight, but almost any other MMA guy right now. I mean, who else is there right now that is still fighting MMA that has that type of grappling? Dorino, Gilbert Burns. Well, there's some guys. Well, Lovato's not fighting anymore. Yeah. Um, Davey Maya's not fighting anymore. Uh, not fighting anymore? I think he's retired. Yeah, I thought he retired. Don't be so sure. Okay, okay, maybe he's not. There's a couple out there that, you know what, I'm not it's, saying they're not good, but Fabricio level, come on. Well, as far as accolades with, you know, ADCC and things like that, there's not a whole lot of guys that can can uh, be up there with yeah. those guys. Who's yeah. um, <clears throat> who do I have now? He's, oh, the Chimaev guy. Oh, Chimaev, <laughs> the Chimaev. wolf, the Man. wolf. Quick work. He had quick work. <sighs> Who do you get? Uh, who do you got? McKee? Reese McKee. Yeah. Reese McKee from uh, Cage Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't uh, go well. It was I, quick. I knew, I knew it wasn't going to. That man, was, I was nasty. Like, that is gonna, this is not going to be a good fight for you, Reese. I'm sorry. Yeah. But that... I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll give Reese McKee credit, man. He never stopped. He never quit trying. You know, he was always trying to get out of positions. It just, you know, he's... He was in against an individual that skill-wise, technique-wise, just better than him. You know, and when you're in against a guy that's just better than you, that's what happens. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, this leads me back to what I said before. These guys are out there. See, now everyone is now seeing Chimeyev fight, and they're going, wow, oh, wow. You know, it's like, no, he was there before. Yeah, and 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 you are the same people. Some of you are saying, "Oh, he can never fight." You know, good guys in the UFC, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he can. And those yeah. those same guys. There's other guys out there that are just like him. This is where MMA is a worldwide sport with sometimes incredible fighters that don't fight in the UFC that yeah. could compete with anybody. You know, and that's he's proof of that. Just in his little fight island experience because that's two fights in a row where he's made two guys look really bad. Now, as the level goes up of who he's competing against, it's going to you know taper off. You know, it's he's going to end up fighting someone that's going to be able to stop some of his takedowns or make him work harder. But right now, those two fights, that's a world beater. Give me somebody at two or give me somebody at one seventy. He's going to have a hard time with. Well, I mean, if you're going to say. In a next fight or eventually? He's going to have... Let's say next fight. Let's say next fight. 
figure out who he would, who you would put him against is the, is the question. Well, I mean, with two wins in 10 days and just yeah. like, just utterly, nice. just, just dismantling people. I mean, I would think you'd put him like probably in that top 15, somebody give him a yeah. top 15 guy, number 15, number 13, somewhere in there. You know, I mean, Dave, do you have, who do you have there? Um, at 170. Yeah, 170 yeah. Okay. I mean, you got to remember his first fight was at 185. Destroy yeah. that guy. Destroy that guy. Yeah. And then this fight was at 170. Destroy this guy. I mean, we, we've got to be talking probably, I'd say, someone in the top 15. So you want names? Yes, Dave. Yeah, That's what I'd like. Maybe you should take your stupid mask off. <laughs> 15 okay? to 10. Who's the name? No, no, John, I want to point this out. Dave's got a fucking mask on. Josh just traveled to the other side of the country. You never know what kind of yeah. Yeah, he he did travel and he got tested a couple of times. Yeah, I got tested a couple of times and I had to wear a mask. You're in the safest room. Yeah, what a douchebag. Anyways, Uh, (laughs) number fifteen at one seventy is Antonio Carlos Jr. Uh, You got Marvin Vittori. Vittori. Vittori just came out yesterday. Vittori is a hundred eighty five pounder. What are you talking about? Oh, shit, not a welterweight. I'm on the wrong. I'm on the wrong rank. Oh, <laughs> oh my Jesus, God. Uh, 15, 15 is Pettis. Um, fourteen is Neil Magny. Thirteen is Robbie Lawler. Twelve yeah. is Vince Luck. Lawler would be good. Um, if you're gonna build Neil him, Mag- Neil Mag- Magny would be good. Neil Magny would be good. Neil Magny would be a good fight because if you're looking at a guy, first off, Neil's got really good defensive wrestling. He's got an outstanding ground game, and he has got a pace that he can keep. So that would be, you put him against Neil Magny. That Neil, would be a great match. Neil Magny is the guy that. Always, I love Neil Magny. You always look at him. And you're like, yeah, you're going to lose. And then he fucking wins. You're like, how the hell did you beat that guy? He's, he's just a guy that always good. wins, man. He's good. He's got the output, does all these things. Like, he's good. I, I like watching him fight. When he first came out on the scene, I was like, yeah, he doesn't really do anything that's great. But then he wins. <laughs> that's the thing is he just keeps Tell winning. Me about it. So yeah. No, I think that's a I think that's a perfect opponent. If you're gonna try to build this uh this guy, what's his name? Chimovev? Chimo Chimeyev. Chimeyev. Yeah. Guys, I'm horrible Kaz- with names. Okay. Is it Kamzat? Chimeyev. Kamzat, Kam- yeah. I think he trains with um, Gus, right? He does. He trains with Gustafsson. Yeah. Really? Where do they yeah. train Sweden. at? Sweden. Oh, in Sweden, huh? Sweden. So yeah, there's at. a bunch of young, talented Swedish guys that are breaking out of the scene right now. And uh, there's more out there that need to be signed. There's tons yeah. of them, actually. I was actually uh, talking with a couple people that were from Sweden. They're like, you don't get it. We've got like a whole crew of guys now that have just been training nonstop because Gus had done so well. And the UFC started going there. And they're like, okay, look, now we have a chance. We have a chance to get in. You know, now that there's fights here. So that's good. I mean, hopefully we start tapping that talent as well. So that kind of sounded bad the way I said it. <laughs> <laughs> That sounded wonderful. Uh, oh shit! I'm not gonna say anything. On yeah, that. I know. What was the? What's the next one? Paul Craig, your boy, oh, your yeah. your Scottish boy. Got that sub. <clears throat> what a what a great interview. You didn't catch it. What's that? You didn't understand. Dude, Dave, translate for us. It's <laughs> ah, hysterical, man. I want to thank my family, my friends, my coaches, my gym, everyone that helped yeah. me train, the UFC. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought I thought he looked good. Look, here's the issue I'm always gonna have with him. 
is that when you get to the top guys, being on bottom is not going to win you fights. Those guys are going to be so hard. Like, it's one thing to be, okay, I beat a top five guy. Okay, then you get to the top three guy, and maybe you'll beat him. Once you get to, like, two and one, you're going to run out of luck eventually. Like, maybe you beat the top three, then you have to fight the top five guy or whatever it is, and the number five guy beats you. It really well, matchups dictate everything on who you're going to fight, on how you're going to – but he fights the same way every time. And he relies on that triangle so much and his submission game so much. I get it, but you got to do it from the top position or start working it from the top position because right now he's all bottom. Yeah. Not good. Not good for, for guys. Not normally. No. Not, yeah, but he, he's, you got to figure he had the – it was a draw against Shogun, right? He had a draw with Shogun. Yeah. So that was a you know a big fight for him. But I agree. He's got to change what the way he goes about things because – Especially in the two hundred and five pound division, you know, if you put you know put Anthony Smith against him, you know, and Anthony didn't come from a, a grappling background, but has now made himself. He's a, he's a good grappler now, and he will crush Paul if yeah. he gets on in that position. Paul can try to bring his legs up and stuff. He's going to get crushed. So well, think about, think he's got to be careful with it. What about Glover? You put someone like Glover oh against him. Oh my God! Him. Come on. He ain't going to take Glover down. If he does take Glover down, Glover's got fucking drastically underestimated grappling. His jiu-jitsu oh, is fucking so I will tell good. you right now, Glover is super heavy. Yeah. Dude, he is tight. You know, when we talk about good grapplers and when you're rolling with them, it's guys that can take a space and they just take all that space away. Mm -hmm. and everything is tight, you know, because tightness equals control and you can't move and you can't get out. And you go, oh, this sucks. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, so that's my only concern with him is that his stand-up is getting a tiny bit better, but it's not getting it's not getting better every fight. Like tonight, we didn't see a whole lot of it. No. But his he's got to start focusing on maybe potentially getting to the top position and controlling that top position, making people work to the point where they make a mistake to open up the submission. He's not yeah. doing that. He's reliant so much on that bottom game. It's no different than when, I talk, when you're having a conversation with someone who's like a white belt and a blue belt. <clears throat> That white belt, blue belt is, is great when you're competing against other white belt, blue belts when you're working your bottom game. You develop your defense in the white belt, blue belt, purple belt, kind of, you know, mainly white Always. belt, blue belt. But when you go against brown belts and black belts, they're going to cut through your shit like fucking butt, hot butter. <laughs> it's not even going to be funny. And so that's, that's going to be my concern with him is when you get to, you said like guys like Anthony Smith or I said Glover, you know, you get to those upper echelon of guys it's going to be hard. It's going to be, those guys are going to be so heavy and so big and they're going to push so much pressure on you. Not a good look, man. Not, I, I, it's going to be ever, it's going to always be hard to get to the title if you just have a bottom game. So yeah. anyways, next fight. No gear versus Shogun. Oh, we missed one. Well, you guys are jumping huh? around so oh, much. Yeah. Uh, Cowboy. No, well, I went, I went with uh, Carla first. Carla and stuff. So yeah. Uh, Cowboy. Oliveira. Dude, he looked good. That freaking front kick to the Oof. to the belly, to the diaphragm, man. He was punching that thing in consistently. You know, it was uh, I, it was funny because someone uh, I had someone call me when I was driving all the way back, and I'm we were going over the fights, and he's and he's asking me who I, I thought was going to win, and when, when he brought up that one, I said I think Cowboy's going to win the fight, and he goes really, he goes I, he says you know. I, I don't know, you know, you know the guy from Germany. Yeah, Zabota. Sabota. 
Sabota. He goes, you know, Sabota, he goes, he's got really good boxing and stuff like that. I go, dude, Cowboy's unorthodox. Yeah. And he's long and he can freaking grapple and he has got power in his hands and he's fucking, he, he loves to shoot that damn uppercut. I said, I just see him just slowly picking Sabota apart. I'm not saying, you know, I'm right, but I think it's, Boxing guy, kind of good hands, decent kicks against a guy that's just brings all kinds of different elements. Yeah, I think I think that's what won him to fight. All those different elements. You know, you know who he reminds me a little bit of is Tony Ferguson, the way he fights <laughs> because he kind of does that lunging in that, that hard push kick. And I got to tell yep. you from experience with with Tony, I was trying to block his push kick, and it was just my forearm was swollen for like a. A week, I couldn't put my elbow, my you, hands out. You saw Sabota having problems with his arm. Did the exact same thing yep. off of that push kick to the to the stomach and stuff. He was trying to block it yep. to swing it out. Yep. Every time you do this, like if you're catching yep. it late, it's getting up there too fast, and you're that either that toe or that bottom of the foot or the shin mainly is hitting contact on the forearm over and over and over again. And you could see it was affecting him. He was having a hard time blocking it after a while because it just starts. It's just too, too painful. And he so, was just, uh, he was just getting just diminished mm-hmm. in every round. It was more and more. You yep. could just see that the shots, even the shots that he was blocking, were causing him problems. Yep, yep. And that was just that was a, a good that, that was, was a really good performance him. by Cowboy. I, I, he's good, man. He's really good. He's a tough some bitch. Not only is that, but like he tonight, when you go back and you take a look at it when he fought uh, Yancey, but. Uh, how do you say Nancy? Medeiros? Medeiros. Medeiros. When you fought Yancey, like they just threw down guns, guns blazing, right? This fight, he fought. Everything was like almost like a game plan. I'm going to use yeah. the push kick, use the push kick, throw the straight right, you know, push kick, push kick. Throw, you are, yeah, you are so right in yeah. the fact he fought so much. In fact, his last two fights, he has fought so much smarter than what he used to do in the past because he would get into gunfights. He would yeah. get into these all of a sudden. It was a brawl. Who's the tougher guy? He did that with Tim Means when, you know, he fought and they had that one, you know, that turned into a no contest and then they refought. You know, Tim Means, you know, he's called the dirty burden. He's a mean dude. Tim Means is a tough, tough fighter. Yeah. And in that second fight, Oliveira just took over in that thing. So yeah, Oliveira's good, man. That, he's got skills. He'll be fighting for a long time. You know, there's always going to be guys that can beat him, I guess, if they can figure out how to control the range on him. But if you allow him to control that distance, he's got long limbs. Yeah. His legs are long, his arms are long, and he utilizes them well as far as keeping you at distance and then coming into you and exploding. True. Yeah, and you could tell that he's got, like, I, I, I compare him to, like, someone like Swick. We were talking about Swick last week. They have like that. Everything hurts when they touch you, <laughs> you know. Like the, just the they're bony and it just. Well, they're like, not only bony that they're you know they got that solid build. Nothing on them moves. Yeah, you hit them and it's kind of like dunk. Yep. You know, so even when you know you're you're just moving with them, it's like they're like you're moving with a freaking piece of wood. Yeah, it hurts. You know? It hurts. Yep. Very true. Um, what was the next one? Nogara, right? Nogara and uh, Shogun. Shogun. Uh, A fight that took place 15 years ago. Think about that. Yeah. More than 15 years ago, they fought first yep. in Pride. In Pride. Think about the fact that that little Nog Rogero is 44 years old. Jeez. 
and fighting in the UFC. So this is my point. I hear people all the time saying, oh, they, you guys, you know, you let old guys fight. <laughs> that fight, that fight right there, because of the two people that matched up, I have no problem with the UFC putting yeah. that fight together. I have a problem if the UFC is putting a young fighter, a good young fighter against Nogueira now because you're, you're just trying to, to put a name on some yeah. record. But putting Shogun and Nogueira, I thought they, they fought a great fight. And I, and I have no problem when you've got two guys that, look at they're both past their prime. They're both not the fighters they were at one time. But based upon age, experience, and... You know, all the wars they've been, they match up well. Yeah. And they put on a great performance and it was a fun fight to watch. And it was close. I mean, it was a close fight. There was moments, you know, I thought uh, I had it 29-28 for uh, Shogun. I thought he did win the fight. But it was a it was a good fight. And there was there was times when you look and you go, oh, Nogueira, can, he can come back and win this thing. Yeah, I thought if Nogueira would have done more in the third, he would have won the fight. He Possible? just didn't pull yep. the trigger enough. That was it. Nope. I thought... Yeah. If he just pulled the chair a little bit more, I thought he would have won the fight, but it did. Yep. Got a little tired. Yeah. And at 44, I don't blame him. No, nah, <laughs> not at all. Would have liked to have seen him go out on a win, you know, yeah. but uh, given that it's it was, okay, that was his retirement fight. Especially but. against Shogun, they've had, you know, it's every one of their fights has been good. Yeah. That first fight they had was fantastic. Yes, it was. It was a great fight. And uh, and this fight, it was it was good. And so, you know, like I said, you know, there's people that complain all the time about old guys fighting and you know that was a co-main event on the ufc and it was a good fight and sometimes it's good when a promoter puts that kind of fight together as long as it is those two old guys together not a young fighter against the old fighter yeah like when you're talking about young fighter and old fighter like i had a problem with the yari rodriguez and bj penn fight like I had, you had a problem i had a problem with that fight, i had a fucking know? problem you know, there was other fights that they that they've done. Also, I'm just like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, what's the oh, point? Oh man, I went. You know? very very seldom if I ever when, when you get an assignment as a referee, you you don't usually know what fights you're doing. You they ask you, hey, are you available to work this event? You tell them yes. You know, you get your travel, you go to the event, and you'll find out what fights you're doing when you arrive at the venue. The, the day or the night of the fights yeah you know and they'll give you a sheet and it'll have your name and the fighter's name and that's when you know what you're doing and you know very seldom the, the one fight that i did not want to do and it was herb dean me and uh josh rosenthal was gina carano was gonna fight chris cyborg and we, we all went into that one not knowing who was gonna get the and i didn't want it and herb goes i don't want it right and open those the sheets when we get them and Sure enough, Josh Rosenthal, Herb and I were high-fiving each other. Yes! <laughs> why didn't you want it? Tell me why you didn't want it. I felt like I knew what was going to happen. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, and Gina had worked out at my gym. and uh, mm -hmm. you know, I had told you know, the California State Athletic Commission, hey, so you know, she, you know she'd been at you know, my gym working out a little bit and stuff, so just want you to know that. And uh, they didn't put me on the fight, and that was it was good, but I knew. I knew she wasn't going to win that. She had moments though in that first round. She did in that round. She, that she, was, she did. She had she had little little bits and moments yeah. and stuff. But I just felt like yeah. she's not going to win that fight. And I was like, yeah, I don't. I don't want to be the one having to stop it, pull the trigger and stop it. So yeah. it was good that Josh did it. Well, the another one that I had when I walked in there was I had gotten the assignment for uh, working the the fight where BJ fought Yair, 
And I walked in there and I looked at son of a bitch. Yeah. Because I knew. I knew going in. That's not a good fight for BJ. Speed-wise and everything, I was like, man. Yep. Your chances in this fight are slim. And I know that, you know, and it, it happened, you know, when I go in the back with, you know, John, don't stop my fight. John, you know, no, okay. Know. Hey, you know, the whole thing, right? And I, and I know I've got to let him go a lot. And it's like, man, that sucks. Because, you know, I knew what the UFC is doing. I actually went to Sean Shelby and I said, man, why are you doing this? Yeah. You know, and he goes, John, what do you expect of us? And he goes, I got a guy that wants to fight. He makes a ton of money. We just talked about this earlier on the show. And exactly. And if I give him somebody that he can beat, he's going to come back at me saying, look, I won and I want more money. He goes, I've got to give him a real guy. Yeah. You know? And I said, okay, I understand. And I was like, ah, I wish I didn't, I wish I didn't have to do this fight, but yeah. Um, okay. You think main event. Yep. Let's go. Till 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 Whitaker. Anyway, you know, I, I I give Till credit. I thought he I thought he actually controlled some of the fight better than I thought he would. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that in the end he would be the guy backing and moving in lateral directions more, and he was more stalking Whitaker through a lot of it. He was creating situations. I thought the elbow that landed that they got all excited about. I don't think it hurt Whitaker. No. I think he didn't see it, and he was off balance with it, and it went down based upon getting hit by something he didn't see, and the balance factor. I don't think he was really hurt by it, but it was a good shot, and mm-hmm. and I thought it it won till the round, and obviously the next round was won by uh, Whitaker when he got his knockdown. Yeah, you know, and uh, I thought the score was, I thought the score was right. I thought Whitaker won three rounds to two, forty eight, forty seven. Um, it was a good competitive fight, but. Little tiny bits were the difference, and Till kept trying to land that left hand over and over and over and over and over again, when he should have gone into just a little bit more of set that left hand up, give me a little bit more with your jab coming out, going to a kick, bringing it, you know maybe a crossover, and then shoot that thing down, you know the middle when you're opening him up and making his guard move. Maybe it w- maybe it would have been more successful, but I had thought I had thought Whitaker was going to win. I actually thought you know uh, Till looked better than I thought he would. Yeah, I think. How do I put this? <clears throat> I think he's going to go home. Till is going to go home and look at the fight and be like, "Fuck, I could have won that fight." Oh yes, no doubt about it. Because there were so many times where Whitaker had left himself out of position after lunging with that overhand right or or stepping in with a jab and leaning his head forward and i'm like all you got to do and i know it's easier said than done you guys i'm simply saying like when you're a fighter and you go home and you watch the film you're like how did i not see this or why didn't i just do this why didn't i just try it i mean there was he never once every time somebody throws that overhand right and they lean and leave themselves out of position and he stands straight up after he does it but he stands up with his hands down if if i was till i would have let him throw the overhand because he he has really good footwork. He keeps his space in his footwork. Boy, he's got good footwork. He's got great footwork, and he steps back really well, and he's always in position to strike. But he doesn't. He was just comfortable with not getting hit versus countering off of that. He was okay with just moving out of the way and being like, okay, that's good. I didn't get hit. Well, you got to do something right back. Yeah. So, um, 
had he thrown, I think, some head kicks or something right after that, it would have made uh, Whitaker realize, like, hey, I can't just keep throwing this overhand right and leaving myself out of position. Like, I was thinking if he would have thrown that overhand right and Till would have taken a half step back and then throw a head kick right after that with the, the lead leg, I think there would have been some chances where he would have clipped him, not knocked him out, but, you know, would have would have left a lasting impression in the judge's eyes. Like, hey, I landed some good shots, some dangerous shots that potentially could win me this round. And that's all it took, I think, because there was not a whole lot of solid, clean landing from either nope. guy. So it all would have taken – yeah, it would have just taken – one or two good, hard, clean shots that, that looked a little flashy, they would have won Turns either round. Yep, takes yeah. the momentum and starts shifting it the other way. And One of the things I think Till needs to do, Till is a southpaw, and he stays in that southpaw stance continuously. Mm-hmm. And there was so many times when Whitaker would make those mad rushes that he would be taking that rush, and all you needed to see was instead of Till being in his southpaw stance, slide that right foot back and turn it over into a left hook as Whitaker was doing that lunge. Same as what like you pointed out, I think Ricky Bandejas did against uh, Ahmet in uh, his fight. It's an effective technique because it takes and it's moving you back, but it's not taking away your energy by having you go backwards. It's actually setting up your hips so you can throw, and he's going to throw a left hook, which is going to have power because his left hand is good. Man, if he works on that type of yeah. footwork and change of his stance just in that situation, I think he makes himself a lot more dangerous fighter. Yeah, I, I've seen Rockhold do that for years now. <clears throat> That's what he does very well is he starts in that southpaw stance and he switches and goes to a right uh yeah, he goes into a right stance and throws yeah, a left hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes yep. in there. So yeah, he goes and so and and lands cleans. I've seen him drop people in training. I've seen it, and he sets it up off of that throwing, followed up with a head kick or a body kick. So he switches, boom, and then goes right into that kick. Till's got the type of power and the speed to get away with it. You know, Ricky did as well when he when he fought. Uh, would you say Ahmed? So like I mean, he, that type of style of, of what you're doing, it's giving you the perception that you're moving backwards when you're really not. And you're really just changing the angle of the hook. And then That's boom, it. you throw the hook and right off that hook, you follow up with the body kick or a, a kick across the thighs or whatever it is. But you need to follow up with something. Don't Just don't be happy with just, just don't, the hook. Just don't be happy of evading. Yes. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where he yep. was tonight. He was just happy he didn't yeah. get hit with nothing coming back. So he's got to work on countering off of that. But I, I mean, think I, you're absolutely right. The same thing as what you're saying. I think he's going to go and look at tape on that fight, and he's going to go, fuck. I could have won that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Here's the thing with him. What is he, like 26? 27. Jesus. He's so good. And dude, he's so yeah, good. And, well, it's not only – you got to figure that he was killing himself. And here's, yeah. the, again, the difference between killing yourself to try to be in that lower weight class. Obviously – he just fought the guy that was a world champ and that close to winning that fight. Yeah. One round. <clears throat> and look at, he had energy the whole time. He did great. This is the right weight class. Yeah. Don't kill yourself losing all that weight. Yeah. But you get stuck with those guys that are in the tweeners. You know, you have it with George. You've got it with Nate. You've got it with Pettis. You've got it with, you know, uh, Gasolum. You've got it with these guys. They're tweeners. 
he's not one of them, but no. I'm simply saying like, you you should see those guys that are trying to make the way it's either way, either go up or go down, but they're too small to be in one or the other. They're either too big for one or they're too small for the other. That's a, that's a tweener. The other, you know, with Gaslam, he's that guy, but the, whatever the gorilla, he's not, you know, so Till is definitely no. not that guy. He's big. Yeah. He's a big guy. So. And I think he's, as he gets older, he's going to get a little bit, he's going to fill out a little bit more. He, I can't believe he doesn't have the name, the baby face. He's got such <laughs> a baby face. I know that was Barnett's old thing or whatever, but geez, man. No, baby face assassin. Yeah, he has got a baby face though. He just has that little, like something you'd see like on a pamper. He's, oh, he's got a little choir boy face. Yeah. It's, it's it looks, looks like he sings in the choir. Yeah. Soft spoken. But it was know, a good fight. Yeah, it was a good fight. Um, there was one thing I want to talk to you about outside of the fights was what's your perception on the Venom deal over Reebok? I love it. Tell me why. Well, first off, Venom is an actual MMA clothing company. Yeah. All right. And they've been part of the sport. They actually make clothing that's meant for the sport. Nothing against Reebok as far as, yeah. you know, uh, what they did, but. It was it was CrossFit clothing. Yeah, yeah, it was. All right, it wasn't MMA clothing. At least Venom Venom is an actual MMA clothing. It would be the same as you know Tap Out. You know, when Tap Out was around, would you have a problem with Tap Out? No, they're an actual MMA clothing company. Yeah. So I love the fact that Venom is you know an actual MMA clothing company. You know, as far as you know the control factor and stuff, I still wish that fighters were able to yeah. put sponsors and things on you know as long as it's and i if you're gonna put condom depot on your shorts you're an idiot okay just telling you you're asking your promoter to say hey no yeah all right you're, when you're putting certain you, certain guys got to the point with some of their their sponsors you're looking you go you just killed it for everybody yeah way to go so you know but within reason you know, I would like to see them be able, like fighters, be able to still make money through sponsors and have, be able to put certain sponsors on their on their fight shorts with UFC. But yeah, they're not going to do that. So the reason why I like it is I actually don't like it. I actually love it. Is okay. They make shin guards. They make gloves. They make hand wraps. They make knee pads. Yeah. They make elbow they make pads. Clothing. They make headgear. They make clothing. Gear. They make fight gear. They make everything that a fighter would need to go to the gym every single time and train like people don't realize i know i know everyone buys winnings now or they buy you know like the top-notch gloves that are out you know but if you have a company like venom that's making gl mma gloves they're making boxing gloves boxing they're making gloves. sparring gloves they're making mitt gloves bag gloves they have bag all gloves those things are venoms. Yeah. so my point is is like those are all things that you're spending a ton of money on every almost every six months you have to buy new gear because either it fucking stinks Oh, or, or it's all beat or it's all beaten up you know um it's like i can't i can't tell you how much money i've got probably about 15 pairs of winnings so yeah. multiply that and times, they're expensive they're four to they're about 380 to 450 depending on if you get the color combinations and all the other shit like i did so you know all those one things. color because it's cheaper yeah yeah i didn't do that like <laughs> <laughs> you know plus you got riding on there and you get engravings and all this other shit you got the stitching and everything but yeah they're, they're expensive I love the fact that, and also I like their style of what they do. Their style of their shorts and stuff. I mean, I think uh, 
Jose Aldo was one of the first guys to wear their stuff. Has the shorter cut, which is what you see fighters, a lot of fighters wearing now. Yeah. The shorter cut yep. with the nice cut on the side all the way up the leg. Um, they, they've got, you know, they make MMA shorts as well as far as like the grappling style shorts. They do everything. Everything that a fighter would need, they make. So that to me is perfect. The other thing I heard is that in the press release, and I think it was Dana that said, is that they want to give more money to the fighters. Now, I don't know if that's going to really happen. But <laughs> it's it's a good soundbite. It's a good clickbait thing. Great soundbite. When I clicked on that, I'm like, anything that gives the fighters more money than twenty five hundred or five thousand dollars is just it's 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 better. Whatever the format is, it's better. I mean, it's uh, hopefully it's better because I I hate to see I can't remember who it was, but someone had fought. I want to say for the title, and they made like five grand because it was only like their fourth or fifth fight in the UFC. I don't remember who it was. It was just recently too. I was reading something. I can't remember who it was. Anyways, they didn't make much. They fought for the title. They were the opponent. They didn't make much. They made like five, you know, five grand or ten, maybe ten. That's sad. Yep. You're fighting for the title. Like you should be getting a bump, a bump from from Reebok for wearing that. The other thing that I didn't like Reebok for is that Reebok it it was the first company to kind of strip us of all of our of all of our, you know, sponsors. But they never evolved. It was always the same shitty, ugly clothes. It was yeah. always the same. It was there was the CrossFit clothes. Yeah, just but there were the design never changed. No, there was, it was never there was nothing. There wasn't like the 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 only thing that changed was how fighters wanted it cut, and that was it. Like trimmed, I want it shorter here. I want it longer. That was all that changed. The design was still the same from the very first time. It was nothing's ever changed. I didn't I didn't like it. You know, I like I actually like the championship ones the most. You yep. know, they were all black with the gold. That all was black nice. with the gold. It looked clean, it looked nice. Uh, but the rest of them just it all looked garbage. I, I Venom's got good styles, nice. I, well, I'm interested to see what their release will look like. You know, whatever it is they're gonna do, or if they're just gonna have like a plethora of things for them to choose from. Fighters go out there and fight as long as you're wearing Venom shit. Uh, but their stuff is nice. I like their stuff a lot. And yeah. I, I think it's gonna be more beneficial for the fighters, and even if it doesn't give them more money. It will save them money on equipment for them to have to buy or whatever it is. So I think that's kind of cool. I like that idea. Good stuff. They don't make shoes. It is good. But <laughs> no, Reebok, Reebok gets to to stay with the shoes. They oh, they do. The yep. Oh, I didn't Reebok, know that. Reebok is staying with the supplying of the shoes. Kind of a good play. Kind of a good play on Reebok's part, though. Dude, they got some bad shoes. Yeah, I know, but it was still it's still a good play though on their part. Still a good play on their part though to stay in the business. I mean, they are in the shoe business mainly. Reebok yeah. is so um was there something else don't think so no, nothing, no drama no drama is there any drama going on no i was looking for stuff that was no really i'll tell you what some drama is that fucking mask you're wearing Good. i don't want to i'm not worried about covid i'm just worried about cooties and shit from you man, yeah you're fucking hey cool thing about hiv is you can only get it once buddy Come I don't, over I don't here. even want to win. Don't ever worry about it. <laughs> come over here. Unless you're unless you're Magic Johnson, you might get it twice. <laughs> Goes away and come back. Um, all right. Well, hey, you rest up. It's been fun. It's been real, but it hasn't been real. I'm fun. gonna go sleep. You're gonna I, go sleep? I'm gonna go oh, sleep hell too. Oh yes, dude. By the way, you guys, if you guys move to your microphone, please. Let's check out that shirt again. There's the shirt weighing yeah, in. Boy. They come in different colors, also. We have the blue and the red, and they got the black. We also, I think, have it green. on green. Gray and green, yeah. Gray and green. green, green like yours. Yeah, green like mine. It's also on there as well. And um, what was the other one? And then we have our other ones that are our traditional, our original logo is on there weighing in. Then we have the Karate Kid one. And uh, is there another one? 
Uh, yeah, home improvement fence. one. Yeah. The home improvement, the fence one. Yes, I like that one. To me, I like that one the most. No offense, but that one's the funniest. No offense. No, I like no offense. That was <laughs> no, no, offense. no, no pun intended. Uh, good stuff though. You guys, prowrestlingtees.com slash weighing in. That'll take you straight to our site. You can actually select there. Use the um, promo code birthday. You get twenty percent off. It's only good until the thirty first. It's only good till the thirty first. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the show. I know we covered a lot today, but there was big fights uh, last night. There was big fights tonight. And uh, I'm excited for next week. Big next fights week. coming up in the future. Uh, Th- there's no fights next week. Uh, there's Brunson versus... Uh... Yeah, Brunson versus uh, okay. Shabazian. Yeah. Oh, f- they're not fight- there's no fights on Fight Island. They're at the Apex no, this week. No. Yeah. Back right. at the okay. Apex Center. And uh, and then, well, let's see. You guys have a yeah. card a couple of weeks from now. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that card next week. All right. Well, hey, guys, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in. Hit the comment section. Hit the thumbs up on YouTube, SoundCloud, Google Play, all the other things on there. And uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you.